Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Mommy Chronicles with Denise Davis May and Tanya Scott Williams, your parenting partners in raising phenomenal children. Welcome to the show today. I'm Tanya. And I'm Denise. And we have, again, what we always believe, and it's always true, Mm -hmm. is a great show lined up for you today. Uh, We have had a chance to go out into the community, I think more uh, than usual, and sort of, like you said, in our little teaser to our our Facebook Live uh, group, uh, to sort of get involved and see what's happening here locally. Mm-hmm. So um, you want to get us started on what what that's all about? Yeah, so we always talk about talk about the legacy here in uh, Montgomery, and I think, at least I, often take it for granted. And so um, this week, over the last week, really, mm-hmm. we've been able to immerse ourselves in some of the legacy, um, some of the painful legacy that exists for black folk in um, in the South broadly, but certainly in Central Alabama. And so we uh, were able to share in some of the family uh, history of the Bowlings, who are uh, Lowndes Countyans and um, whose father actually was the victim of a lynching mm. in 1947. 47, uh, yeah. We will get the book name for you before the end of the show so that you can check out that, that story. Uh, it, it was a reminder, a painful reminder, but also one of hope um, in relationship to how uh, families have continued to move through and up uh, despite all of the pain enacted mm. on them. And so we'll share some of that today. Uh, as we begin to not only talk about our past, but how we can begin to prepare ourselves and our children uh, for a future of freedom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure where I was, and maybe we were together, but recently I heard um, someone saying, you know, we have been so, no, in fact, and I I apologize uh, to Mr. Stevens if I do a poor job of of quoting him, but it was Brian Stevenson with the um, Equal Justice Initiative, and I listened to uh, this three-minute PBS I don't know, PSA that he put out, and uh, basically he was saying that we, uh, we're we sort of living in this smog of, of the past where we don't really want to address our our history, but it, it's making us sick. Mm-hmm. But it's there. We may as well talk about it. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how in, in countries like Germany and other places who struggled with race issues and other types of social issues, that many of them have markers to help them to remember so that they can deal with it publicly, you know, mm-hmm. keep it as a part of the fabric of the conversation of the community because it helps in the healing process. Mm-hmm. Whereas in America, we just want to pretend it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. We want to deny that it happened, and we want to expect people to be able to move past it. But like you're saying, but in this situation with the family from Lowndes County, these are, these are folks living and breathing who have memories of their lost loved ones. Mm-hmm. How can we just move past that as if it didn't exist? And, and recognizing that if we try to move past it, <laughs> our children still have the remnants mm. of that, that memory, right, that cultural memory. We're, we're uh, squelching it, mm. um, pushing it down, but it comes out in other ways. And according uh, to Cynthia Ellis uh, in Belize, when she talks about DNA uh, memory and, and how it comes through, our pain comes through and comes out, there are folks talking now about the trauma of the period of enslavement where, you know, it's, 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 it's genetically um, uh, a part of who we are. Mm-hmm. It's modified us mm-hmm. some, 
And, and so we need to begin to, to recognize that impact on our children. Both of our girls uh, accompanied us to the exhibit opening, um, and they were, I think, impacted in different ways. Mm -hmm. I noted that on, um, I check, yes, I still check my child's uh, phone and pictures and do. Snapchat and, and, and uh, all of the social media. And one of the pictures that she posted on Snapchat was the picture of the eldest bow, uh, bowling child. Um, he's now probably in his late 80s, mm -hmm. maybe even early 90s, um, walking across the street and with his wife helping him. Mm -hmm. And I thought that she took note of that. They were by themselves, you remember when they right. left? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, I thought, this, she's getting it, because you don't always know. Right. She also took a picture of something else, and we'll talk about that later, the, mm -hmm. the tar and feather, mm -hmm. which is the one that I had the most trouble with. And yeah. that was the only picture she took of the entire exhibit. My goodness. Yeah. And the yeah. exhibit that we're talking about is that one of uh, Renee Billingsley, who mm -hmm. has come from California. She's an international uh, artist, and she has uh, come to um, to open her exhibit at the Rosa Parks Museum. Uh, Renee is a photographer and teacher and, mix, and mixed media artist. Uh, she studied photography at Southern Oregon State University, where she earned her BFA. And uh, in graduate school at San Jose State University, she experimented across multiple mediums, ultimately combining uh, mixed media assemblage with photography. And her interest in folk art and women's roles in American history led her to study the, the tradition of quilts, and a, one, a quilt plays um, a part in this display that she has down at the Rosa Parks Museum. Now, currently, she's a lecturer in the art department at Santa Clara University, and her mixed-media master installation, The Fabric of Race, Lynching in America, that's the exhibit that we're talking about. Last night was the, the pre-opening, and then the, then the general public uh, came in shortly afterwards, and it was there that we had a chance to meet uh, the bowling uh, siblings um, and, uh, and be able to talk to them in a more intimate space. And you were saying how uh, your, your daughter reacted to uh, that, that face and mine. Unfortunately, I didn't give her information before we got there. Mm -hmm. I was just doing other things. I didn't really explain to her what this exhibit would be about. Mm -hmm. uh, and when she got into the room, into the gallery, however, it was it was a lot, mm -hmm. a lot coming at her at once. Mm -hmm. And so she had to take a while to process what she was seeing mm -hmm. because it, it is a lot to deal with. It's dealing with that pain, the memory of, of, of that, and then also recognizing that the children of one of the people who had been lynched was that they were in the room. Mm -hmm. So um, that was difficult to work through. Um, and thankfully, we had a chance to get to know uh, Renee Billingsley this week. Mm -hmm. We uh, uh, had an opportunity to sit down uh, with Ms. Billingsley on two different occasions. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you did. Yeah. Um, once uh, out as she was beginning to have the exhibit uh, set up, and then um, Tanya and her husband, Rick, uh, had them over. She and her friend, uh, the Sankeys, uh, and um, Renee's friend, I'm sorry. Oh, Tracy. 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 Uh, hey, hey, Tracy. Hi, Renee. Tracy. <laughs> um, and they uh, had an opportunity to have dinner, uh, to have some more, I think, mm -hmm. um, because we, some more discussion. Right. Right, because we... Uh, struggled with the concept of this, and, mm -hmm. and it took that discussion to really, and we'll talk about some of what we came to, because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I went into it with a side eye, mm -hmm. and, um, side yeah, eye. and like, so we were mm -hmm. kind of struggling a bit, but after sitting down uh, with Renee and kind of processing and having this opportunity to talk uh, to her, we asked her 
uh, what got her started. And so we've been able to um, include some of her our discussion with her here today. So take a listen. This particular body of work was um, came from a, a previous installation where I was researching um, anti-miscegenation laws and um, but even before that um, when I was pregnant with my daughter Trinity who's now 18 and um, I began to have uh, an awareness um, of a responsibility that I would have to know about our history and what kept coming into my mind when I was pregnant with Trinity is um, what if there was a question or a part of history that she wanted to know about and I wasn't able to answer that question and so um, in combination with you know being a visual artist and shifts in my work um, as being a mother having to go from photography to something different as a mother that was a whole other part of it um, I began to just dive deeper into our American history and think about the questions that she might ask me, and that's kind of what got me started. And so we, we, we talked with Renee about her child who happens to be um, uh, biracial um, and, and how um, her mothering uh, or becoming a mother contributed to her vision as it related to understanding this legacy of lynching. Mm -hmm. It is um, to be pregnant, to carry a child, of course, there there is that whole piece about thinking ahead as to what the child's life is going to be like and the preparation that goes into that, but then to fold in this very real part of American history. Um, uh, Renee having come from I think middle um, middle America, uh, Midwest. Uh, yeah, so well, the North, Northwest. The Northwest. Mm -hmm. uh, her experience would be very different. Uh, is very different, I, I think, from her husband's, and then now them having this child. And so, really thinking about that, and then as an artist, being able to really dig into the research and allow herself to to feel all of that, and then to to uh, express it through this this artwork. It's it's really telling. Mm -hmm. And so we um, we came to understand that this processing, this learning experience for Renee from a um, academic space, because she she is an educator, um, but also from the space of community and recognizing mm -hmm. that there was going to be an experience that her daughter would have that she couldn't imagine exactly. and that she needed to prepare herself to be able to both support her child, provide information to her child, um, and to understand. Yeah. Um, she suggested that her husband, who is African-American, was, you know, conscious about, you know, look, these are some of the things as, um, as minuscule as hair, like that you need to know, yeah. right? You're going to mm -hmm. need to know that she can't, and I remember her saying, she can't go out with her hair looking any kind of way. And yeah. it's funny because, you know, in, in the African-American community, when you see children who, um, African-American uh, children or black children who are mothered by people who may not have had that experience, right. and, you know, one of the first things you do is say, oh, look at that baby's head, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. Um, when that exists. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it was interesting that she, under her husband, right. was clear.
here, these are some things that culturally you may not necessarily um, be privy to. And so I need to be clear that you know that it's going to be more than just the parenting issues right. that you might be prepared for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, Yaba Blay talks about this in her professional black girl process, you know, that hair can be an issue. Presentation can be an issue. And so she talked about that. And I thought this helped me to mm-hmm. at least understand that this was more personal yes. um, than co-optive. Yes, and there's been a whole lot of controversy, and I'm, I'm not even going to try to get into that, mm-hmm. but there has been some controversy around uh, artists who have, who have used the pain of, 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 of America's past, particularly that within the uh, African-American community, the period of lynching and all of the other things that went around that, and they've used it to, uh, to further their careers, and it has nothing to do with really wanting to offer, uh, to, to develop a conversation within the community around it. Mm-hmm. Nothing about healing. It's all about profit, and, and rightly so. Uh, folks are pushing back from that. Mm-hmm. And so um, at least I've concluded, and I think that's maybe what you're suggesting, that this has not been the case with, with what uh, Renee's doing. Mm-hmm. And she even mentioned some of that last night. Um, but she also said that as she did all this preparation, that, that the questions never came. Mm-hmm. Her mm-hmm. daughter never answered the questions. Until this year. Remember, yeah. yeah. She said mm-hmm. she never asked. She mm-hmm. never had to respond to it mm-hmm. um, until they started talking. I mean, her daughter's a senior in high school, so her daughter uh, progressed through 12 years of school and for the first time as a senior mm-hmm. has had this, this information introduced, this discussion introduced um, in school. And, and Renee talked about the pain. She talked about particularly um, one young man's story yeah. uh, that really struck her. When you enter the space, when you walk in, you're first going to see a row of shirts with identity tags um, hanging from the shirts. And um, and what I have done is, is taken the information that I have found from my research of names of individuals and a little bit about their story, and I have stitched their name and that information on a tag. And you're going to see those shirts when you first walk into the installation, and you're welcome to come and, and touch those tags if you feel you need to do that. Mm. That's part of the idea, like breaking that idea that art is very precious and, you know, you shouldn't touch it, and, and I'm sort of wanting to break that idea of it. And then you're going to see a quilt um, hanging on, I'm not sure which wall yet, mm-hmm. um, and that quilt represents this social aspect of a lynching and that mostly white families would come and lay out a picnic and it was a way of um, perpetuating racism, it was recreation Um, and so that quilt is um, it's hand sewn, it's a granny style quilt. I am not a quilter, just when you are like, I'm not a quilter. I intentionally did not take a quilting class. I will tell you, it's hand stitched, it took me a year. My husband helped me, my daughter helped me. So it was the first piece that I actually made for the installation. Um, and then you'll see on another wall a row of hats that are made from paper. I've made them from paper. Um, they are lined, they're hand-stitched, mm-hmm. and um, they have text on them that has been directly taken from my research, and they address 
the um, the perpetrators and the people that were there at the at the lynching and what they would have either contributed or what they would have experienced. So um, these hats came later in response to the shirts. The hats were inspired by a photograph of the lynching of Jesse Washington. Google the story. Really sad, important. I feel story to know this young uh, mentally disabled man. And um, the, so the idea when you see this postcard of the lynching, it's just a sea of men's hats like surrounding this, this young man. She um, is describing there, um, leading into the conversation um, about um, Jesse Washington, what uh, view of people will see when they walk into the gallery there at the museum and the different um, exhibit pieces, the quilts, the shirts, um, the, 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 the hat, and the hat, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the hat. Mm -hmm. And um, th these things that have happened, they, they're not just going to go away because we want to forget them. Mm -hmm. They're going to mm -hmm. live out through us. Mm -hmm. And um, and I love what you said earlier about how our children, you know, whether or not we, we can squelch it, we can just kind of process it, they're, you know, they're, they're having to deal with it in, in ways, and they don't even understand to some degree what it is that they're dealing with. I mean, sometimes for a lot of us, we're trying to figure out where this whole thing is coming from, mm -hmm. this wave, especially today with all the things that are happening socially, where this is all coming from. And I think one of the, the core points or the core lessons that, that I learned um, after sitting down and talking with uh, Ms. Billingsley and then hearing uh, Ms. Bowling McCall, mm -hmm. uh, her story and the story of her father and, and her siblings sharing their stories yes. in that space, um, really had to do with my um, ambivalence entering into this discussion. Renee, um, as we discussed this, I came to the point that this lynching exhibit is really about white people and the white, the European-American community taking ownership mm -hmm. of the pain of the trauma caused to black communities, whether their family members were victims of lynching or not, the politic of lynching, the um, aura that knowing you could be mm -hmm. a victim of lynching, this happened in 1947, and we know that there are lynchings as late as the 1980s. Right. And, and, you know, the young man that died in Georgia, although he wasn't hung, he was rolled in a, in a carpet. I mean, we know that these things existed and might not be called by their names, right? right? But, but the fact that there are people in certain communities who don't own this, and the, the point of this is to own it. Yes. You can't deal with it if it's not first owned, mm -hmm. if it's not first identified as a problem. But through all of that pain and through all of that acknowledgement of trauma, we had the opportunity to hear the story yes. of the bowlings and their kind of rising to the top in spite of the mm -hmm. fact that when her dad was murdered, their mom was left with seven children in rural Alabama, and one of the brothers said, no one helped us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, I, I would love the chance to kind of engage with him because 
in, in rural Alabama, I'm not sure what that looked like from his 15-year-old mind, mm-hmm. but that his mom really kind of took on a lot of the responsibilities um, that her, his father would have fulfilled. Uh, but we got an opportunity to talk with Miss Ms. Bowling McCall, who was five years old when her dad um, was Murdered. lynched. Mm-hmm. So take a listen. I am Josephine Bowling McCall, and I was five years old when my father was lynched in 1947 in Lowndes County, Alabama. Can you tell us the circumstances around what happened to your father and what has the impact been on your life? The circumstances involving was that my father was an entrepreneur and he was a farmer. Uh, he owned a store, he had a farm, and he was employing about 35 or 40 people and he was just considered to be too prosperous as a black man. And so he was shot. He was six, shot six times with a pistol and once in the back with a shotgun and left in a ditch. And one of the amazing things at that time, lynching was becoming unpopular. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that lynching is with a noose around your neck. Mm-hmm. But a lynching is defined by the number of people who commit the crime and that uh, the person is not given due process. Mm-hmm. So my father's murder was considered a lynching because more than one person committed a crime. Mm-hmm. Six times with a pistol, once in the back with a shotgun, indicated right away that there was more than one person. But Lowes County... Um, only arrested one white man, and then arrest is something else because mm. at that time whites were not being arrested for killing whites, nor were whites being arrested for killing blacks. So the reason they did that was to try to prevent investigations from coming in. Mm, my goodness, my goodness. And over the years, you've been able to share your story with the community about your father. And what has the impact of that story been on your life over the years? Tremendous. Um, because all of my life I've heard what a good man he was and all of the good things that he did for other people. In fact, I had begun writing a book in 2000, and after I did the interviews and everyone said the only way Emma wouldn't help you is that you didn't ask him, mm. I stopped writing the book and did a historic marker in his memory. Mm. Very good. Well, it's, it's an absolute pleasure for me to meet you tonight, and um, I look forward to you're going to hang a tag with your with your father's yes. name on it on one of the one of the shirts. Yes, I am so honored that Ms. Dillon has uh, made the tag and has given me the honor of finding a shirt that I think appropriate for my dad, who was a very small man. Mm-hmm. And so I found one that I think is appropriate, and I'll have the honor of tagging the shirt. Okay, wonderful. Thank you for your time so much tonight. And thank you. So uh, this is. Uh, been just a, a rich, rich experience uh, to be able to hear yes. this story, um, to watch the, 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 not really pride, mm-hmm. but the strength yes. uh, that all of the siblings, and there were four siblings present last night at the opening of the exhibit, but just the strength that they emanated, right? It was just... Um, it was just, it's difficult to describe, but I, I want to make sure that you all have the name of the book that Ms. Um, Eleanor, is that right? No, Josephine um, Bowling McCall uh, wrote about the lynching of her father, and it is called The Penalty for Success. My father was lynched in Lowndes County, and it's available on Amazon. 
Uh, we will provide a link on our Facebook page so that you can access it. And it really is a family story. Uh, it, it discusses um, the children that were left behind, the kinds of, of engagement that their mother uh, had to participate in in terms of being able to then care for her seven children while taking responsibility for the multiple businesses mm -hmm. uh, that their father owned. Um, there were other siblings of, of, of the man that died, Elmore um, Bowling, uh, but just imagine um, having the responsibility for seven children in the 1940s and 50s in Lowndes County um, and then being able to take over um, all of these businesses not just being black, but being black and a woman, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. The kinds of expectations that people would have for you and maybe some of the barriers that folks would put up mm -hmm. um, in order to prevent you from being successful. So all of those are family stories, stories of, of, of certainly trauma, but also stories of recovery, right, and, you know, and working I through. Of, I think about not only, obviously, the impact on the family, but Ms. Ms. Uh, Bowling McCall said last night that her father had employed uh, 35 to 40 people. 40 people. So mm -hmm. imagine those other families who were Im impacted. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't know whether and how long or if the businesses survived after he was lynched, but just imagine how those families then are impacted by having this, this, this uh, entrepreneur in the community being removed and then how that affects them, impacts them financially. Targeted because he was too successful. Because mm -hmm. he was successful. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's, that's unreal. Uh, we've got about four minutes left before we have to conclude the show, but this actually kind of leads us into what we're planning for the summer. So yeah. let's, let's talk about that. So as we've had this discussion um, in collaboration with the uh, Rosa Parks Museum at Troy University, we are going to be hosting a, a poetry workshop. And the workshop will be held on uh, June 16th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, at the Rosa Parks Museum, and uh, we will open uh, to 12 to 16-year-olds. Uh, it will be a half-a-day workshop, and the students will have an opportunity to learn more about lynching history and this part of our history as uh, Americans, and then they will be given the opportunity to express their understanding, their response, their feelings about the future uh, of freedom, yeah. right? And how right. do we remain free or get free? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, around issues of social justice, uh, we uh, are still in the process of planning. If you know someone who is interested in participating, please do uh, send us an email at mommychronicles2014 at gmail.com. Uh, get at us on Facebook or on the Twitters. Mm -hmm. And um, let us know if you have any ideas about folks in the Montgomery area who are interested in, in working with children and who have a, a, a poetry bend who might be interested in, in helping to support us in, in this. Uh, we really are happy that the Rosa Parks Museum uh, has is hosting us uh, uh, as we provide this opportunity for learning and growth and cultural enrichment over the summer uh, for this one day. And it precedes yes. Montgomery's Juneteenth celebration that will be held on Saturday, June 17th. There are all sorts of wonderful activities going on in downtown Montgomery. Uh, we are hoping that we can talk with a couple of 
the councilmen um, who might be able to support us and some other businesses who might be uh, might be interested in um, giving us some giveaways for prizes, uh, gift cards for movie theaters, uh, restaurants, um, or, or just um, cash prizes. We uh, hope then that or have been told that the best poets will then be able to display their talents uh, during the Juneteenth celebration on Saturday. So do um, consider how you might get involved with us. If you have any ideas about shows, future shows, again, email us uh, or get with us on Facebook. If you want to connect with us or collaborate with us um, on any kind of community uh, engagement, we're, we're, we're open. So yeah, we really are, and we uh, remember that we are your pa parenting partners in raising phenomenal children, and we're part of this community. We want to share what we know uh, clearly, and we want to also engage with you so that we can all rise together. We can mm -hmm. learn from each other, and it's not always about those things that we do well because mm -hmm. we do talk about our epic fails sometimes. Often. But yes, <laughs> yes, we do, but we rise from that, and we rise together as a community. So we're certainly interested in in. in learning even more about the, the rich history uh, of not only Montgomery, but the surrounding communities. You know, the whole state of Alabama's mm -hmm. got some amazing things that mm -hmm. we need to know more about. Mm -hmm. And the way that families continue to, to, to rise up right. um, in, in this context. So, again, thank you for joining us. We are happy to be in Montgomery, Alabama, as your parenting partners in raising phenomenal children. We are the Mommy Chronicles. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to The Mommy Chronicles with Denise Davis-May and Tanya Scott-Williams. Listen anytime, anywhere on blogtalkradio.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. Write to us at mommychronicles2014 at gmail.com. The Mommy Chronicles, your parenting partners in raising phenomenal children.